Hi friends, welcome to the Arise and Shine podcast where we are calling women of strength to arise and shine in their purpose for the glory of God in every sphere of society. I'm Anianti Sanchez and I know that through this podcast, God will speak to you and show you your authority in Christ to speak life and arise and shine in your God-given purpose. Follow and subscribe to the podcast. Join us every Monday at 9 a.m. as you start your week and your workday. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, don't forget to share and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming platform you use. To stay up to date, follow me on Instagram at Anianti Sanchez. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Arise and Shine. We're now on episode two, and we have a word from the Lord. We're going to be in the book of James. So if you want to grab your Bible or Just listen along with me. Um, Get ready for a a nice and concise word. But, ooh, there is so much meat to chew on. And this is a, a tough pill to swallow. But it is so, so good and so, so anchoring. Um, And so just get ready for an unedited, unfiltered, just... Bible talk between you and I. And um, today's episode is called Count It All Joy. So you know what I'm going to be talking about if you've read the book of James or you're familiar with the book of James. Um, We're going to be reading from James chapter 1. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Um, She Reads Truth is like my favorite Bible right now. Um, and so I'm reading from my paper Bible, so I'm going to just read from it. Um, and I, the reason why we're going into this is, is really because obviously last week I shared my testimony of, um, just walking through miscarriage, uh, with God. And this was back in March. So seven months ago, seven ish months ago, actually to the day today, um, today is Sunday the 18th. So, um, yeah, seven months exactly. So, wow, Lord, just how good you are. Um, so the reason why I'm sharing this is because, you know, in the middle of my grief process of walking with God, I came across this verse, the Holy Spirit just brought it to my mind. Um, And I just, it was tough for me to hear um, because obviously counting it all joy when you're going through grief and loss seems um, just paradoxical. It seems impossible. Um, It just seems like laughable, like, huh, yeah, right, God, right? Um, When we're going through something tough, the last thing we want to do is think of happiness or joy. Like it's just seems like just not real. Um, and so God spoke this verse to me and, um, we're going to break it down because these three verses, four verses, no, yeah, three verses. These three verses have so much, just so much to say. And James has so, so much wisdom. And, um, it is really just, you could meditate on this verse, these three verses for, 
months, like I said, it still ministers to me now because I've seen it now lived out. And I don't really, I, I've shared this before, but I just, I don't like to teach on something or talk about something until I've lived it. And maybe that's not saying that I'm perfect at it, but like I've applied it. I've worked it out in my life and I've seen the fruit of it. And so now I can, I've had a revelation about it and I can share and impart that revelation to you because it's so much more powerful when you catch a revelation from the word of God and you're able to impart that revelation because you speak from divine authority instead of just man-made authority, which is just nothing, essentially. So let's get into it. Um, Lord, help us to open our hearts to this word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, so he says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. And I want to read also from the N, no, I think it's NASB, um, the New American Standard Bible. It's a little more literal. So for my Bible studiers, my Bible scholars, which you all are, the NASB is just a little more literal translation from the Greek in the Bible, which the Greek is um, koine, Greek koine meaning common. Um, and so I like that version too. And it says, Consider all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. I love that translation because it says you may be perfect and complete. You know, there's perf there's perfection and there's maturity. That's like the, you know, and a CSB has mature and NASB has perfect. So I love those contrasts. And so we're going to break it all down. So um, in the first verse, con verse one, consider all joy, my brothers and, sis and sisters, when you encounter various trials. This is how James opens up the book. He literally says, you know, just James, a servant of God and Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. Consider it all joy when you experience various trials. And I love this because it speaks to us. You may, maybe you're not in a trial season, but Pretty much the truth of life is, is life is full of trials. You know, we, if there's anything promised, like we're going to face trouble. You know, Jesus tells us, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to encounter trouble, but be comforted because I have overcome the world. And so, um, we know that life is full of trials and, you know, for me, obviously this season was one of grief and loss and, um, you know, so when I read this verse, I was like, it just seems impossible, right? Like, it just seems impossible of like, how can I count it all joy? You know, when the last thing I want to feel is joy in a trial. Um, and I think something that we can talk about is joy is a fruit of the spirit. Um, it's 
not happiness per se, but joy is um, a, a, a fruit of us living empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's living um, connected to the Holy Spirit, in step with the Holy Spirit, um, and not gratifying the desires of the flesh. And so when we live with God, joy should be a fruit of our lives. And so that doesn't always look like, oh my gosh, hi, I'm so happy. You know, I just experienced all this, you know, just terrible trash, garbage stuff in my life, but I'm still happy and smiling, you know. Um, it's not that. It's not like I feel happy, you know, it's not emotionally led. Um, it has a deeper source than that. Um, you know, I just want to preface it by saying that, you know, our joy comes from the Lord. Our joy comes from essentially knowing that God is good, that God is on the throne. And more so now, because we live on this side of the cross, we know that Jesus rose again and we can say Jesus is Lord. And that's where my joy comes from is knowing that Jesus has paid it all, that he's, he's won the victory. He's overcome for me. And because of that, I can face a new day. I can rejoice because of Christ in my life. And so anyway, when I read this verse, this first part, I was like, this is just a joke, God. Like, are you serious right now? You're really trying to tell me to have joy. Like, I just, all I want to do is curl up in a ball and cry. And I just had many moments where, you know, just to be real, like, I would question to myself, like, am I ever going to be happy again? Like, that's how that's that's the the thoughts I was having, you know. Am I ever going to be happy? Am I ever going to get pregnant again? Am I, you know, is this going to happen to me again? Like, am I just going to experience loss? Like, these thoughts come up, and obviously my feelings are sadness, you know, just deep, deep sadness, and just I miss what I had. I miss the joy that I felt, and um, you know, I just thought, how can I have joy now? you know, how can, how is that possible for me? And, um, and James tells us, and, and he says, he follows it up by saying, uh, why do we count all joy? And he says, knowing, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so what this shows us is life is full of trials. And yes, these trials, they come from various things. It can be, you know, someone else, you know, sinned against us. It can just be, you know, sin in the world that causes just tragedies to happen. Um, it can be like ourselves. We can put ourselves in a trial. I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we put ourselves in a bigger mess. We dig ourselves in a deeper hole. Um, and so essentially life is full of trials, Um, but God uses it. He uses the trial as a test. And you're like, um, I don't know if I want to accept test. I don't know if test is better than, um, a trial, right? Um, but the image that God gives us for testing is, um, the image of a pure, a precious metal, you know, think of, our, our faith as a precious metal. You know, our faith is precious. Our faith is the treasure that we have. Our faith is, um, is our treasure. And metals, precious metals, before they turn into beautiful jewelry 
or whatever it is, you know, before they're turned into, you know, a useful tool or a piece of beautiful jewelry, it has to be tested. It has to be purified. And so testing of silver, testing of gold, the only way to uh, purify it, to test it, to test its purity is to light it on fire, <laughs> is to boil it, is to heat it up, to turn up the heat. And so when you feel like, man, the heat has just been turned up on my life, you know, this is getting really hot, you know, this is getting a little bit too hard to handle. I don't know if I'm going to survive this, you know. And um, essentially what's happening to us is God is, you know, the devil sends a fire, right? Or, you know, life just sends a fire. Everything's on fire. But the only thing that's going to make it out of the fire is whatever is pure, which is essentially our faith, you know, which is essentially um, the, the pureness of our faith. You know, all the impurities pass away. You know, for me, go, walking through grief, all of the impurities of my life were burned away. You know, they had to be burned away. I mean, there's, if, if not, you know, we just get burned. We just get scarred and, you know, we, we just, you know, everything turns charred and just burned and marred. And, but if we do it with God, you know, he uses it to purify us, to test us, to try us, to bring out the impurities and to, to bring up what's, and, and only have left what is pure about our faith, about our belief in him, our, our relationship with God, it, it, it deepens, it, it just becomes more pure. Our heart is able to just depend on him and fully recognize him as our, our one and only, the Alpha and Omega, the source of all of our hope and joy. That's what it really boils down to, no pun intended. And so, um, and I looked up the definition of these because I just thought it would be interesting. So, you know, he's saying, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and so, like, again, it goes from trial to testing, which you're like, Lord, I don't know if I want to accept testing over my life, you know, maybe like the passing the test part, you know, when I'm past the burning fire. <laughs> um, but when we're in it, we're in it. Like, you know, um, it's better to just prepare you mentally for when it does come um, because it will. Uh, but again, you can have hope, you can have joy. Because through it, you'll be tested, you'll be purified, and it produces endurance. And what does endurance mean? I looked it up, and one of the definitions, it says, the fact or power of enduring in an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. So it's an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way, without buckling under the pressure another um, definition says the ability to withstand hardship or adversity and you know actually another definition that stuck with me is um, I was on a run on a run so I don't know if any of you guys run I haven't run in a long time but um, I was on a run and um, it was a, a Nike run and it's, um, you know, that you can do like a guided run and it's this guy, his name is Coach Bennett and um, he was talking about endurance and he defined endurance as um, like just the ability to keep existing. And I thought that was so powerful because 
it just says like you're still here like man the fire came and you're going through hell and high water but you're still here you know and that's what running feels like my legs are on fire I'm burning alive you know and maybe you don't like to run but maybe you were forced to run in like PE class or something um you don't like to run but and your legs are burning and you have to finish the loop or lap or whatever the mile I don't know what you have to do but you're still alive you're still existing you know you went through grief you went through loss you went through you know a a season of waiting you went through a season of loneliness you went through a season of financial hardship you went through a season of you know family dysfunction or you went through whatever season a breakup you know you went through uh, a loss of a friendship but you're still here you're still existing you still woke up today you still got out of bed and I'm proud of you and I like that I liked that definition and it stuck with me because I was like wow like sometimes we can beat ourselves up and just get on ourselves for not you know thriving and just feeling so good and alive and happy in a season but honestly just give yourself a pat on the back for just existing just being here like buy yourself some flowers you know take yourself out on a on a little me date a me time you know treat yourself and just be love on yourself you know love your body fill it with good things take care of yourself just to show yourself wow I'm so proud of myself that I'm just still here you know and that's like honestly what I said to myself a lot of the days through my grief was just like I had to change my self-talk from like, oh my God, like I wish I could just get over this, which, you know, again, you can't get over, you know, things you learn how to live with them, you know, and I would just beat myself up and be like, why can't I just be happier? Like, I'm so sick of being tired and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, I just, I was just at a like exhaustion point, but I had to change that self-talk because that was the wrong perspective, you know? I had to start saying things like, I'm proud of you, Aniancy. I'm proud of you for showing up today. I'm proud of you for being here. I'm proud of you for just getting up out of bed when you didn't want to, when you just wanted to curl up in a ball and cry. I'm proud of you for, you know, being there in your marriage and laughing and, you know, having a good time and seeing your friends and being and showing up in church, you know, um, just all the things, showing up in life, you know, taking care of my body, working out became like a working out became like a therapy for me, you know, whether it was yoga or walking or lifting weights or whatever it was, that became like just an act of worship for me. It was like, I'm loving my body, even with what my body went through, like it deserves to be loved. And so, um, okay, so what's the connection here? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and, um, you know, in, in life, I read a book by, um, this is like going to be a nerdy part of me, but there's this author, his name is Soren Kierkegaard. Um, he's a Danish or, f- I don't know, something in the, <laughs> I forgot, Northeastern Europe writer, I can't remember, Dutch, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, I'll have to look it up later, but um he wrote a book called Fear and Trembling, and in his like preface, he talks about um, this idea of faith. It's a foreword or preface, and um, he was saying that, like modern in modern times, and he was writing in like you know hundreds of years ago. Can't remember what century, but you know very long time ago. 
And he was saying like people of the faith, you know, nowadays think of faith as something to be achieved. You know, like I have faith, you know, like I, I shared with you the word that God gave me. I have faith, you know, my word is faith. I'm going to just conquer faith this year, you know, and thinking that it's just like being able to just believe God for big things. But faith is endurance. Faith is God, I'm going through hell, but I still believe that you're good and you're here for me and you're for me. That's what real faith looks like. And he was saying how, you know, the ancient, our forefathers, you know, our forefathers of the faith used to see faith as um, a lifelong journey that even when you're in your old age, you haven't even attained it. It's a lifelong journey that basically the testimony of your faith is that will you still have faith like decades from now at the end of your life? Because we don't know. It's all a grace. Like, am I still going to believe in God? Am I not going to give up? You know, I don't know until I get to the end of the story, you know? And so basically the testimony of faith is, do you have the longevity for it to still exist in, you know, 80 years or however long the Lord, you know, wills our life to be? Are you still going to believe in him through all the, the things that will come your way? Are you still going to have faith? Are you still going to stand and say, I believe the Lord is good and he's my savior and he's my all. And that's pretty much the testimony. It produces endurance. You know, that's our goal. You know, if there's nothing else in life that matters at the end of the day, just to say like, Lord, my prayer is that I will still believe in you and I'll still believe in your goodness in my old age. I'll still believe in your goodness at the end of my life, you know, that's going to be my testimony. That's going to be my legacy is I, I never turned away from you. I pray that I pray that you give me the grace to still believe you no matter what comes my way. Cause I don't know what trials are going to come. I don't know what trials you're going to, you're going to use to test me, but I want to have that testimony of endurance and longevity. I don't want to be the believer who turns away from God when it gets hard. And so that is the, that is the, the result. And so he goes on to say, um, this is verse four, um, and let endurance have its perfect result. So it's like, not just have endurance, longevity, but there is a result of endurance. And what is the perfect result? So that you may be perfect, just perfection and complete. So you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And this is where the verse really ministered to me because it's like, really God perfect. I'm going to be perfect and complete. That's the promise. So there's a promise attached, you know, not only is it just counted all joy, but the end of it is counted all joy because at the end of the day, when you get tested and your, your faith is purified and it produces endurance, that you have longevity, and that you can withstand, and you can still stand and stand firm, and you can ha- finally have let endurance have its perfect result, and the end result will be you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I mean, I don't know what else we could want in life. This shows us that God's perfect for God's purpose for us is wholeness. He wants us to be whole. So I looked up again the definition of perfect 
Because this is what the word in the Bible says. You know, it says we're going to be perfect. What does perfect mean? The perfect in the Bible is not like, you know, what we think of now, which is like, you know, oh, wow, like perfect. Like I'll be, you know, just, I don't know, goals. I'll be, <laughs> I'll achieve everything I'll want in life, you know. No, perfect means lacking in no essential detail. Focus on the word essential. And complete means having all necessary parts, elements, or steps. And so that means things like our insecurity won't be there anymore. Our pride won't be there anymore. Our doubt, our fear, you know, that will wash away. I, I'll, I'll believe in God. I'll have the necessary parts. I'll have the foundation. I'll have the wholeness that I've been seeking for my whole life, you know, I'll be, I'll fully become the woman of God, the man of God that I'm destined to become. And it shows us that God's purpose for us is to be whole and lacking in nothing, lacking in nothing. And that's what ministered to me because in the season that I, that I was walking through, um, I was like, how is it Lord that you are so good that I could be walking through loss, you know, and I could feel like a big piece of my heart is in heaven and I, I have to wait my whole life to see it again. And I have this emptiness in my womb that I just can't wrap my mind around. But yet you're telling me that the end of this is that I am whole and I'm lacking nothing. And I'm lacking no essential detail. Like I'm not going to feel empty inside, you know, both physically and spiritually. You know, I'm going to be anchored and secure and I'm going to be stable and strong. And I'm going to be filled with joy because I know that, Lord, you make me whole. You have my healing, Lord. No one can take that healing and that wholeness from me. No grief can take that healing and that wholeness from me. And I just want to speak that over you right now, that whatever you're facing, whatever you faced or whatever you will face does not have the power to, to steal, kill, or destroy the wholeness, the healing, and the fullness that God has promised you, the joy that God has promised you, even in this season, even now, even here. Because this wholeness, it comes only from him. This healing, it comes only from him. And if it comes from him, no one can take it away. If it comes from him, it is your inheritance. If it comes from him, it is what you're destined to carry in this season. If it comes from him, it is yours. So claim that for you today. You know, that's what God showed me. It's like, are you going to wait for tomorrow to have this joy? You know, are you just going to keep waiting to see when it'll come? Because if you're going to keep waiting, it's never going to show up. And, you know, th this is like the the candor with which God spoke to me. It was just like, are you going to wait to have joy? Because this is my promise for you, daughter. You know, even in your grief and your loss, I want you to be whole. I want you to be healed. I want you to be filled to the overflow. I want you to be overflowing with this joy. Because that's how good I am, he says. That's how good, that's how good I am. That's how much I love you. 
That's how much I want you to be healed and whole is that I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to just, you know, a settle, just the settling, you know, settling and succumbing to the desires of the flesh, which says, you know, just, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be depressed. I'm just going to, you know, and I'm not knocking on that, but I'm saying that, you know, everyone's grief story is different, but mine specifically, because I, um, this is not toxic positivity. So I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying like, you know, you need to be happy every day of your life. I still cry. Like even to this day, I still cry. You know, I don't think I cried today, but I cried like probably yesterday or two days ago. Um, and so I, I let myself allow those moments, but I give it to the Lord. You know, I lift it up to him because he cares for me. You know, he wants to hear those things. He wants to take my burdens and my pains from me. And so why would I hold on to it any longer instead of just letting go and giving it to him and, and instead trading it for the joy, trading it for the wholeness and the, the healing and lacking in nothing? I want that. I want the strength. I want the stability. I want the st- security. And so that has to be our choice, women of God. That has to be our choice that at the end of the day, am I going to let this steal my wholeness? Am I going to let this steal my healing? Am I going to let this steal my joy in this season? And the answer is no. It has to be no. It has to be no because it, if not, we're just settling for a life that that this is that that God can give us so much better. He wants to give us so much more. He he tells us that supernaturally. This I'm, this is available for you. But yet I see so many women who settle for less than that. And so how do we how do we access this? How do we get there? You know, so I want to close it out with this. You know, cuz it seems all fine and dandy, you know, but it's like how do we get there? And it came down to three things for me. The first one was just be honest. And this sounds easy, you know, but it's not. Um, <laughs> why do I say that? Because it, it, we need to be honest with the Lord and be honest with ourselves. And I had to be really, really raw and real, you know, and ugly even sometimes. Because sometimes it's ugly, man. What's in my heart? I had to be honest with the Lord and tell him when I had those thoughts, you know. I had to tell him when I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be happy, Lord. You know, like I'm supposed to be like having my baby already. You know, how am I supposed to be happy? Like everyone else is happy around me and has all their children. Like that's what I want. That's what I was supposed to have, Lord. Like why me? You know, like I have, I've had this desire my whole life. Why, why did this have to happen? You know, and I had to be honest and give those questions to him and offer them to him, you know, and not carry it under a false pretense, you know, because sometimes we can just offer God false prayers thinking that's what he wants to hear, but God doesn't want to hear that. He can, he wants to, he already knows what we're we're thinking. So, you know, so then it's like, well, if he already knows what I'm thinking, then why do I have to tell him? Because we can't be healed unless we reveal it, you know. So God can't heal us if we're not going to give it to him. You know, if we're not going to show him the severity of the wounds that we've carried or the, the, you know, ways that 
our wounds have maybe not only partially healed or just gotten more infected because we've hidden it under years of band-aids and just covering the wounds. And um, the second thing was worship for me. And, um, you know, just getting in the presence of God. And, you know, worship was just honestly a time for me to weep, you know. So I would say worship and weep (laughs) if you have to, um, which most of us have to. Or just however you express your emotion, you know. Um, And because the Lord says, like, I don't want your sacrifices. Like, the sacrifice that I want is a broken and a contrite heart. A broken and a contrite heart, Lord, you will not despise. A broken and a contrite heart is your desired sacrifice. And so I had to be broken before the Lord. You know, and that is worship. So it wasn't just like singing a worship song and saying words that I don't mean, but just breaking it before the Lord and saying, God, I'm so broken before you, you know. And the, and God's word says, you know, God is near to the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. But we have to just show him, like, the brokenness of our hearts so that he can bind it up. But if we just, you know, pretend and say, God, I'm not broken. I don't feel you know, I'm just, I'm blessed, Lord, or just, you know, whatever, like saying whatever to him, just hoping that we can get by. But it's like, no, we have to be honest. We have to be real. We have to break and give him the brokenness of our heart, you know, broken and contrite spirit. He will not despise. And that is his desired sacrifice from us. Um, and the last thing was, and this comes at the end of it all, essentially, but, um, let's give thanks to God. And that's where joy comes, you know, is giving thanks to God. And so be honest, worship, you know, bring your broken contrite spirit to the Lord. That is his desired worship. And after you do that, you know, God's healing love comes in. His love, his grace comes in and it pours all over you and he lavishes you in his love and grace. You know, and I can't even just describe it to you because God's presence is so specific and personal. So you need to get in that space for yourself. And you need to hear what God wants to speak to you. So make time today. You know, make time in your schedule. Make a date with the Lord and say, I want an encounter. I want to be real. I want to offer my broken spirit to you. And I want you to heal it. I want you to fill me with your love. And I want your grace. I want a specific touch from you. And watch God show up because he will. Because he has for me and he will for you too. And when you do that, when you get filled with his grace and his love and you have that encounter, you know, you start to give thanks. You start to give praise. And you start to say things like, God, I thank you that you got me up today. Thank you that you got me here. I thank you that you've gotten me through this trial this far. I thank you that I'm just, I'm not dead. <laughs> you know, this hasn't killed me. Um, I thank you that I'm, you know, I started thanking him for the little things. You know, I thank you that I have a home that I'm safe and I thank you that I have a husband who cares for me, who loves me. I thank you, Lord, that 
You know, I have a church family that cares for me. I have a family that cares for me. I thank you, Lord, that, you know, we live in a place that is safe and secure. And I love where I live. I love our home. You know, I I, I thank you, God, for our marriage and, and how long we've been married or how short we've been married. I thank you, God, for each and every day of it, that we're still here together, that this grief hasn't torn us apart, but it's brought us closer together. This trial hasn't torn us apart, but it's brought us closer together. Um, I thank you, Lord, that I still believe in you. I thank you, Lord, for for your your salvation, God, that you died on the cross for me. I thank you, Lord, for all these things. You know, you start thanking him. And, and I got to a point where, cause at the beginning, I, I was not thankful for the miscarriage. You know, I was not thankful to lose my baby. And because um, I was just like, how could I? Like, how could I? You know? And, um, but now, like, I thank God for my child. Because, you know, our child, how many of our days we were blessed with them, um, it changed me. It changed us. It changed our marriage for the better. It changed my life. I'm, I'm not the same woman as I was because of, because my child just, their life changed me and I'm getting emotional, (laughs) but, um, I'm so thankful for their life. I'm so thankful that we got to enjoy them and rejoice over them and I thank God that you know when they left us when they did um it changed my life forever and their life marked me forever and I believe that's what children do to our heart it just changes our heart forever and you know so I I did find myself in a place and I do find myself in a place now where I thank you, Lord, for however short-lived my child's life was, but they changed me. It changed me, and it made me the woman that I am today. And their life had a purpose, and I give thanks for that purpose. And so I never thought I would get to that place, but again, with this verse, I was able to get to that place. And with being honest with God, I was able to get to that place with being in worship and prayer and reading my word, you know, bringing my broken spirit to the word, bringing my broken spirit into worship, bringing my broken spirit into the presence of God was was my worship. And from there, I was able to give thanks. And then I was able to have joy, you know, and enjoy the wholeness and healing that God had for me. And that's what's available to you too. And so I pray that this blesses you. I pray that, I just pray wholeness and healing over every person listening, that you will lack nothing, you'll be perfect and complete, that the trial is a test, but the test will produce endurance, and that you'll be perfect and complete, you'll have wholeness, and that's God's promise for you, that you may have experienced loss, but God is using it for your wholeness, no emptiness, no lack. And so I thank you, Lord, for that. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time in the word with me. 
And I pray that this healing and wholeness begins to bear fruit in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you were encouraged by this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at Sanchez to stay up to date. Love you and see you next Monday.